Coming up on the WAC podcast, we're having some weather issues in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and that uh, leads to some changes with the podcast this week. I'll be going solo in segment one, whereas Kendra is solo in segment two. Actually, not solo because she's going to have a guest, Barry Butel, the TV voice of Grand Canyon basketball. He'll be our guest in segment number two. He's going to talk about the Lopes men's and women's teams. We also had a lot of upsets, not a lot, but some. Wednesday night upsets in men's basketball. We're going to break that down a little bit. Softball gets underway next week. That and a whole lot more coming up on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. The weather outside is frightful. Eric Danner with you solo right now in the uh, WAC Podcast home studio, if you will, coming to you from Mansfield, Texas. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Several changes had to take place with the ice storm, uh, winter storm Mara, as they're calling it on the Weather Channel, as we had men's side uh, one game postponed Wednesday. That was Tarleton at UT Arlington. That is now going to be played on Monday, 4 p.m. Central. On the women's side, several more games were impacted by this storm. Southern Utah, UT Arlington was supposed to be Thursday morning. That is now going to be Monday at 1 p.m. Stephen F. Austin at Tarleton moves from Thursday, which would be tonight when we're recording the show on Thursday, to Monday, also at 1 p.m. Central. Utah Valley at Abilene Christian. They were supposed to play Thursday night. They will now play Monday at 2 p.m. Central. And as a kind of a domino effect from those games, because obviously they were supposed to play Thursday, Saturday. Now some of those teams now playing Thursday, Monday. If they were supposed to play on Wednesday, not really uh, much of a chance to uh, get things turned around. So they po- they moved a few games that were originally Wednesday to Thursday. Those games, UTRGV at Stephen F. Austin goes from Wednesday to Thursday, but that will be at a 1 p.m. on Thursday. New Mexico State at Southern Utah also goes from Wednesday, February 8th to Thursday, February 9th. That'll be a 3 p.m. tip. So they were able to get those things sorted out, of course, with all this ice uh, and, and basically a huge portion of Texas being shut down. Uh, pretty amazing that some of the schools will, were still able to travel, most notably Abilene Christian going up to Seattle U. They were able to get up there, and not only did they get up to Seattle, they also knocked off the Red Hawks in somewhat of a uh, surprising uh, outcome there because Abilene Christian had been struggling a little bit, although they did win against Utah Tech last week. Seattle U had been on top of the WAC standings before losing Two games last week to Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. Abilene Christian wins that one 83-68, and that was behind 24 points from Joe Pleasant. And he was Kendra's guest on Whack All Access last week, and he's got a very interesting story. He was on that team that beat Texas two years ago in the NCAA tournament. He then transferred to Wichita State for a year. Kind of was on the bench there, came back uh, to finish out his career at Abilene Christian and kind of has been in and out of the lineup a little bit. And, and he came through with perhaps his best game of the year, 24 points, seven rebounds for Joe Pleasant. Also 15 points for Damian Daniels, another member of that team. Uh, Ali Deba, who uh, fans might remember from uh, Chicago State last year, now having an impact with Abilene Christian, Arian Simmons. Back in the starting lineup, uh, Tobias Cameron. So some very familiar names uh, happening with Abilene Christian there who get a big win on the road at Seattle U. Uh, 
our freshman of the week brought to you by Ticket Smarter, Leonardo Betial from ACU, and he comes off the bench last night to score six points in that one on Seattle U side. They get uh, 16 from Alex Schumacher, 14 from Riley Grigsby, and only nine from Cameron Tyson uh, as Cameron Tyson uh, went in as the leading scorer in the league. So he has been uh, targeted uh, by some defenses the last few weeks. Of course, Riley Grigsby was a back-to-back Player of the Week winner, but uh, it's a long season. We're over, but a little over halfway through. This is kind of the halfway point. 18 conference games, nine games in, uh, going into the week for a lot of teams. So heading into the second half of the year, this is where uh, you get into that grind situation, especially when you're talking about uh, having these uh, weather issues and, and some changes in your schedule, those kind of things. Uh, Southern Utah wins a big game on Wednesday night. They go to California Baptist, and they win that one by a final of 72-71. Very exciting late-night action in the WAC as we had 15 points from Drake Allen, the outstanding transfer guard. He also had four assists. But uh, talk about balance. Uh, all five starters scoring double figures for Southern Utah who were able to uh, hold off CBU. And, and the Lancers are playing really well, especially Taron Armstrong, who's our Whack Ticket Smarter Player of the Week. He scores 25 in this game on 10 of 12 shooting, 2 of 3 from uh, from beyond the arc, and also at 7 rebounds, 4 assists. A lot of fun to watch if you have not seen CBU play. Uh, Taron Armstrong, one of the more entertaining players in the league. That uh, Joe Quintana uh, coming off the bench, only 15 minutes, an 0 of 6 shooting, so not a typical a, uh, turnout there for Joe Quintana. But uh, this will be a dangerous team once we get into WAC Vegas as well. So that that's a couple of the, the matchups. The uh, other eyebrow raiser, if you will, New Mexico State getting their first win of the season as they knock off Stephen F. Austin, one of the top teams in the league. Final of 73-67. So this is the second time those two teams have played. And New Mexico State comes out on top in Las Cruces. And just watching some of that game, this seems to be kind of more of the old New Mexico State. Uh, obviously, they started 0-9 in the league, not typical of what they've been, especially the last 10, 12 years in the WAC. But uh, they went up to Utah Valley, gave the Wolverines a scare. They came from behind, and they seem to be kind of playing more that typical New Mexico State basketball that we're used to, even though it's a new cast of characters that we've uh, seen from previous years. Uh, Deshondre Washington scores 13 in the win. Issa Muhammad with 12. Dr. Bradley with 12. Anthony Roy with 10. And they also get 15 points off the bench from Dewan Gordon. So New Mexico State gets in the win column there. Stephen F. Austin falls there, and they are now 7-3 and three in whack action. So as we head towards the finish here, as we mentioned, less than five weeks to go in the season. Utah Valley, Southern Utah currently tied at eight and two atop the conference. Sam Houston, Seattle U, Stephen F. Austin at seven and three. Then it's Grand Canyon and Tarleton at five and four. Tarleton has won two in a row. They look to be playing really well. Mentioned now California Baptist is uh, five and five, could be a dangerous team. Abilene Christian is one, two and two. They're at four and six. Utah Tech, UT Arlington now at two and seven. UTRGV, they lost a heartbreaker last night to Sam Houston on a buzzer beater as the Bearcats win that one. Final of 67-65, Cameron Huffner hits the shot at the buzzer. And if you have a chance, uh, check that out 
on uh, any of our social media. Jonah Goldberg, the play-by-play for UTRGV. A lot of times, you know, when the visiting team makes a fantastic play, you don't hear the excitement in the play-by-play's voice, but did a great job on that call as it was an exciting basketball play. I mean, I'm sure inside uh, that didn't feel too great, but uh, Jonah doing a great job calling that one as Sam Houston comes away with the victory and the Bearcats now in that uh, tie for third place since we have two teams tied for first in the standings. Now, we've had some questions about our WAC resume seating system. So here's here's uh, some of the explanation here. Twelve, There's 13 teams in the league. Twelve are going to the tournament. That is determined by conference record. So we're still going to award a regular season champion or champions in that case if we have ties, as we did last year with three teams tied for first. Once the 12 teams are seated, then we go to the WAC resume seating system, and points are earned uh, based on uh, the value of their wins, uh, you know, if they're on the road, uh, how good the opponent was. All those things factor in. Sam Houston, uh, and the last time this was updated was January 29th, so it has not been updated since last night, and we'll, we'll have to see how that looks now that uh, there, there were a couple teams uh, losing in surprise fashion. But Sam Houston going in has the highest ranking even with a worse conference record than Utah Valley. Of course, Sam Houston had road wins at Oklahoma and at Utah. And Oklahoma just last week beats Alabama, and Alabama uh, was the number two team in the country. So the value of that win goes up. Also, I saw Boston College had a big win. Tarleton beat them earlier in the season as well. So that's going to help Tarleton in this point system as well. One through four is where you want to be when all is said and done, because those four teams are going to have buys. They're not going to play until we get to uh, Thursday in WAC Vegas. Right now, Sam Houston, Utah Valley, Seattle U, Southern Utah were the four going in that had the uh, buys for that uh, WAC resume seating system. Southern Utah would be the five. I'm sorry, Grand Canyon would be the five. And then they would play UT Arlington would be the 12, because New Mexico State, even with that win, still would not be in if... The tournament started today. That would be UT Arlington with the number 12 seed. So it's it's a little different, but it's a lot of fun. I think when you get into it, this is how they seed the NCAA tournament. This is, you know, when when they're always seeing the debate shows about uh, who should have got in in the field of 68 teams on the bubble. It's it's all this. It's this value system. It's a net system. Ken Pomeroy is involved, so it is designed to try to get two teams into the tournament. And when you look at the conference strength in the WAC this year, number 11 in the country, that's the highest it's been in years. Might be 10 years, 10, 12 years since the WAC has been that high. So the system early on, you look at it, the system is working even though I know there's some fans of some schools not too happy about it because their record is higher than what their point value is. But at the end of the day, the, the system is trying to, to reward the teams that are, are going to have the best chance at getting in that NCAA tournament. On the women's side, we have a game going on as we record this WAC podcast. California Baptist hosting New Mexico State. As I uh, look at the score here, CBU leading 22-18 to 18 in the second quarter. These are two teams playing really well. Uh, Jared Olson was the guest on the Road to Wack Vegas show. You can check that out on ESPN+. Plus. It uh, debuted live this morning, but then is archived for a couple weeks there. And Jared Olson was talking about how the team has, has really responded 
and said the turning point was really when they played Western Kentucky, which was right before the uh, holiday break. And ever since then, they've kind of been playing that CBU basketball because they were so good the last few years. They won the conference championship a couple years ago. So many players graduated, but Trinity San Antonio has really come on. She was on the Puerto Rican national team. Uh, She also had some injuries she's battling through. She seems to be back playing well. Grace Schmidt has a real good chance at being the WAC Freshman of the Year as she she's won the award, I believe, five times now in the post. And he said that's been a bit of a surprise because Grace Schmidt's sister went to CBU and, and then they recruited uh, Grace to come in. Didn't necessarily expect this big an impact her first year. And she's playing outstanding basketball here in her first season. But uh, CBU is going to be one of those dangerous teams we're talking about when it comes to WAC Vegas. But the real surprise maybe uh, bigger than that would be Southern Utah still undefeated in WAC play at 8-0. and And the Thunderbirds, that was a, a game we were supposed to go to yesterday, or today, I should say, because it's Thursday. They were going to play UT Arlington that uh, morning game. Uh, that is now postponed until Monday. So on their Texas road trip, I believe they go down to UTRGV on Saturday, and then we'll swing back to UTA on Monday. Yes, that is the case for the Thunderbirds because – I'd like to see them in person because they're just playing outstanding basketball. Stephen F. Austin is a, a team that uh, has now lost two conference games. Not normal for them because they, they've been so good the last few years, but obviously still an outstanding team. And CBU went into Nacogdoches and beat them last week. Final of that game was 82-74. to SFA will be at home against Abilene Christian, and then they will be at Tarleton on Monday. So there's going to be a lot of basketball being played with these weather challenges. California Baptist now tied for second place with SFA at 7-2. Grand Canyon, 7-3. New Mexico State at 6-3. They had won two in a row. That's why this uh, early game on Thursday against California Baptist is huge because the Aggies uh, playing well, but uh, see see who uh, whose streak is going to be stopped in this particular game as the Aggies won at Seattle U 58 to 50 and then against Abilene Christian 69 to 61. They then go to Grand Canyon. That's another big matchup for them as as the Lopes uh, check in at seven and three on their conference record. Looking at the WAC resume seating system, SFA with a clear advantage over everybody, 4.16 points more than double uh, of second place Southern Utah, even though Southern Utah is at 8-0 conference record. GCU is in third with CBU in fourth. Utah Tech, remember the Trailblazers will be eligible for the conference tournament this year. Sam Houston, UT Arlington checking in, tied for sixth. Then it's New Mexico State, Abilene Christian, UTRGV, Tarleton, Seattle, U- Utah Valley. There is a, a battle, if you will, going on for the uh, team that wouldn't be making it to the conference tournament as UTRGV is at 1-7, and seven, Tarleton, Utah Valley 1-8. and eight. So it'll be uh, something to check out as we head down the final stretch of the season with less than five weeks to go to see which team won't make it to WAC Vegas. Next week, believe it or not, WAC softball gets underway. The team picked to win the WAC is Grand Canyon. The Lopes won the tournament, uh, WAC softball tournament last year at Sam Houston. They pick up 10 of a possible 12 first place votes. They also have the preseason player of the year in Caitlin Dunkel and the preseason pitcher of the year in Ariel Thompson. They also have five players, five of the 12 or five of the 13 on the preseason all-conference team. Pick number two is Seattle U. 
Red Hawks have had uh, quite a run the last few years, won the conference title a couple of years ago, uh, fell short just la- last year uh, in the final day of competition, I believe, uh, to Stephen F. Austin. SFA then went on to the championship and forced the, if necessary, game against GCU. SFA is picked third. California Baptist is number four, followed by Utah Valley and Tarleton. And this year, they're not divisions as they were last year. The conference championship will be played at Grand Canyon. That's predetermined uh, long before the season starts. So GCU happens to be the team picked to win the title. They also get to host the conference tournament this year. A couple things happening now that we're in February. Uh, coming up in a few short weeks here, February 22nd through the 25th will be the WAC Swimming and Diving Championships. That'll be in Far Texas, which is near Edinburgh, hosted by UTRGV, who is adding the sport of uh, swimming, women's swimming and diving, uh, in the near future as they added football. But uh, they have a fantastic facility down there that they will uh, be able to, to co-host with the city of Far. And also the WAC Indoor Track and Field Championships will be February 24th and 25th. Those will be in Spokane, Washington. Kendra's headed up there. I will be heading to swimming. And then everybody heads to WAC Vegas, which is only five, less than five weeks away as we start on March 6th this year from the uh, Michelob Ultra Arena, first two days, and then we head over to the Orleans Arena. All those games will be live on ESPN+. Coming up next, we're going to have Kendra's conversation with Barry Butel, the TV voice of Grand Canyon. This guy, he has had quite a uh, career. He's he's a top-level uh, play-by-play guy, and he's going to be talking with Kendra coming up next on the WAC Podcast. Fans, don't miss your chance to be in WAC Vegas this March. They can celebrate because they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. The 2023 Hercules Tires WAC Basketball Tournament will be in Vegas for an entire week. March 6th through the 11th at the Michelob Ultra Arena and the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Big time gutty performance. Tickets go on sale February 6th. For more information, go to WACsports.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Kendra Sheehan now joined by Barry Butel, the TV voice of Grand Canyon Basketball. And Barry, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the WAC Podcast today. Great to be with you, Kendra. We'll start with this men's basketball team coming off almost a 20-point loss to Tarleton. You look at this season that they've had. How would you evaluate this up-and-down roller coaster, especially during conference play? Yeah, it's been tough, Kendra, with the Javon Blackshear Jr. out for the season with the uh, injury to his knee, and then losing Ivan Wadrago with the wrist injury. Uh, so you got a, a powerful guard, the WAC preseason player of the year out, and then then your big man, the leading or among the leading rebounders on the team, uh, and that low post presence gone. Teams can really attack. Uh, it's been a, a lot on the shoulders of Ray Harrison, who has really carried the weight. Um, but the advanced scoring and finding some support uh, among the, the roster has been uh, a struggle. But also, uh, defensively, they've kind of let down and they've gotten away from that tenacious defense that was among the nation leaders uh, earlier this year. How, as a team, do you get back to that defense that the GCU Lokes fans are so accustomed to seeing under Bryce Drew's system? 
Yeah, I think it's just energy, it's consistency, knowing they're kind of in the dog days, right? We went through that non-conference, now we're halfway through this Western Athletic Conference schedule. And it's going to really be the separation now, who's going to be rising to the top and, and maybe who's going to sink to the bottom of the conference standings, who's going to separate themselves from the pack, because it is really condensed. This uh, conference is super, super competitive, and it's very exciting to see on any given night if you don't bring your A game, you might go home uh, a loser, and it's going to be tough. It's been a struggle. They've been alternating wins and losses the last six to eight games for GCU. They've got to get back to what brought them winning basketball, and that's all started from their tight, tight defense. Gabe McLaughlin, the junior forward, continues to improve being that presence at the post system. How much has he stepped up his game and also having to fill those voids where injuries have have taken over. That's a great point because I think, you know, he felt in that comfort zone when he, you know, he was at that four, but when he had to step in and kind of carry the weight with Ivan Wadrago out, uh, I put a lot of pressure on him and he had to really carry the weight against some, some guys that were obviously, he couldn't match up very well size-wise. Uh, he was hitting double-doubles for on a consistent basis uh, before Ivan went out. Uh, and it's got to be really fatiguing. It's got to wear on Gabe. Uh, he did not have a, a great performance uh, at Tarleton amongst uh, many on the team, but uh, I expect him to bounce back, especially now with Ivan getting back, getting his conditioning back and ready for a couple of home games. It's going to be crucial because, what, five of the last nine games are at home, and those have got to be must-win victories for GCU in a very tight Western Athletic Conference. One of those teams that GCU is hosting is coming up next. Stephen F. Austin, obviously a very tough matchup. The two teams have already played each other. What do you see from this matchup in terms of, you know, leveling the standings as we fight for that regular season champion? Yeah, they, they lost at Stephen F. Austin and uh, the uh, Stephen F. Austin hit 49% from the field in that game. Uh, and again, you go back to that defense. They've got to play tight defense against Stephen F. Austin among the teams that are right there in the thick of, thing, of things in the whack. You've got New Mexico State coming in as well, and you, I'm sure they'd love to come in here and knock off the Lopes, and they played an excellent basketball game against Utah Valley. They got within one point after being down, what, 23-4, to four, I think, earlier in the game. They've got a lot of great athletes, and, and it's going to be a, a fight to the finish. Uh, but these home games, these next two coming up, are critical for GCU. As somebody who is around the team, who's calling all their games, is there a particular player who has stepped up, especially with these injuries? And maybe it's someone that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, there has. Uh, Kobe Knox has definitely stepped up. A lot of enthusiasm. It's kind of unbridled. You know, you can sense that he's got a little youthful energy. Sometimes it gets a little bit, uh, it gets a little bit uh, out of bounds. And as far as kind of controlling that, uh, gets into a little bit of foul trouble. He had 17 points in the in the loss. Uh, he was a lethal from beyond the arc. Another guy that uh, has stepped up with Javon Blackshaw Jr. out is Chance McMillan. Uh, you know, he's had a lot uh, put on him because of that injury, extended minutes. He's also been battling defensively and trying to stay consistent in that category as well. And Josh Baker also has stepped up the transfer from UNLB uh, before he went into co concussion protocol. He was going to get against some of the top guards trying to shut them down as well. So those are the three names that come out.
GCU will play Stephen F. Austin Saturday, February 4th, 6 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN+. I want to switch over to the women because GCU women are coming off a win over Abilene Christian at home. What have you liked about this team as they sort of find their feet seven and three right now in WAC play? Lots of depth, Kendra, on this roster. I mean, you rotate 10 players. It's about consistency, right? I think they're kind of finding themselves right they're finding them in in a battle they're in midway point of the western athletic conference they had a six-game winning streak then they slid and they lost two in a row they didn't want to make it three so they had to pick up a big victory against abilene christian who came in here and played them very very tight uh but nadia evans leading the way olivia lane adds sides with evans R. so they get some low post presence that maybe they didn't have before uh, olivia lane's come in hit double digit scoring coming off of the bench so they're able to rotate a couple of units and show some different looks. Uh, Tierra Brown is, has been just tenacious in regards to blocks. They've they've really prided themselves as has been the hallmark for Molly Miller, that steals and generating that, much like uh, other teams like Stephen F. Austin do the same. Uh, so it's about consistency. They kind of take a quarter off on occasion, and then they have to fight their way back. Uh, I think Molly Miller and, and the coaching staff want to just see some more consistency for four quarters. You talked about defense on the men's side. Head coach Molly Miller just preaches defense to her women. She's talked about it numerous times. Media day when I saw her as her team came through Arlington to play UTA. How important has defense been and from your perspective in terms of pulling out those victories, especially grinding them out when you're talking about the battle of whack play. Oh, I mean, they take pride. Uh, and of course, that's all that Molly Miller, that's her philosophy. That's that's everything is generated from the defense, much like Coach Drew on the men's side. But everything is generated defensively. It's through those steals. It's through those turnovers. It's generating that offense through that defense and being disruptive in your face, you know, taking away time and space on the court. And it pressures the, the opponent into making some decisions that maybe they're forced into making that uh, create turnovers and mistakes. They can't get into their sets the way that they want to. The lopes are dictating the the the, uh, the force of play, the the, the pace of play, uh, and that's Molly Miller's style. But it, it takes a lot of energy, and I think we're finding that right now uh, at this stretch run here in the second half of the conference schedule. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot to continue uh, that torrid pace. You mentioned it a little bit, Nadia Evans. She's the team's leading scorer right now. She's the sophomore guard. How much have you watched her come into her own this year as some of the seniors have graduated from last year and now she has that opportunity to take the reins of this offense? I really have. it. You've seen a mat maturation process with Nadia Evans. You really have. You, you've gotten a little bit more... Uh, in regards to minutes on the floor from Molly Miller based on the success that Nadia is having. I mean, there were some key plays just, and a lot of them stand out defensively blocks or she converted on, on a, a, a hoop and a harm, a two point play and made it into a three point play and just, uh, you know, rallied her teammates around that just based on her tenaciousness and going into the basket on a dribble drive. Uh, so you sense that that confidence has been built game after game, and now she's atop the scoring list for the Lopes. So it's great to see.
Olivia Lane was one of the transfers from North Dakota. Head coach Molly Miller brought in several new pieces, including a Chicago State transfer, Leah Collins, who we've talked about before. But how much has Olivia Lane come in and bought into Coach Miller's system to make that impact on the floor? It was great to see Olivia Lane mention that her, the most fun she's had playing basketball has been here at GCU. And as you mentioned, she transferred from North Dakota and hasn't been with the Lopes all that long, but she's having a blast. Eight double-digit scoring games in conference, 11 overall. She came back from the injury. She really loves this system. She comes off the bench. So you got Zars with some height and some low post presence. And then the Olivia Lane, who also shows some shooting prowess from beyond the arc as well. Uh, it's a great, great combination. And Olivia Lane has really found her groove. And she's going to be a force down the stretch and in the conference tournament. You look at Evan Zars. She just had 1,000 rebounds. She's had 1,000 points in her career. How much has her ability to get up on the glass and be that physical presence helped this team? Oh, tremendous. I mean, and the leadership. And 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. As, uh, you know, Molly Miller said, points come at twos and threes, but rebounds come one at a time. So, I mean, that is such an incredible feat for, for Evan Zars. But, you know, when you have five freshmen coming in, and as Molly Miller said, we're we're halfway through the conference schedule. The freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. But to have Evan Zars come in and that leadership, that 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 match the maturity she had uh, coming from Western Illinois, I mean, she has really stepped up. She adds that presence. And then when she needs a breather, then Olivia Lane comes in and adds that low post presence. The Lopes will take on New Mexico State Saturday, February 4th at 4 p.m. on ESPN+. Barry Buchel, I want to thank you so much for coming on, providing some insight on GCU basketball. Thanks, Kendra. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.